Okay. All right. Welcome to Marketing Like a Mother, a podcast made for mompreneurs by mompreneurs. Each week, we are diving into mom-approved business and marketing strategies to help you grow a profitable and family-friendly business. Today, I am your co-host, Olivia Radcliffe. And I'm Michelle Ponvert. And we are diving into, well, I'm not sure what we're diving into. We're diving into a topic around niching and talking about how we don't really know what we're doing with niching. <laughs> I mean, I think that's underselling it, no? Maybe just I, a little bit. <laughs> we have we have feelings and thoughts, and we wanted to kind of jump on and share where we're at with the whole topic of niching, how the sort of general advice that's been given to us and many entrepreneurs doesn't always feel like it sits quite right, and kind of share real time how we're navigating this whole topic of niching in case it's helpful and just helps you either not feel alone while you're figuring out your own niche or just help you kind of think about it a little bit differently. So yeah, between the two of us, we've at least figured out three niches between our yeah. individual businesses and our joint business. But I know I've also helped a bunch of clients trying to navigate this too. I know you have as well. Why don't we start off with like what the traditional marketing advice is on niching and where we're kind of butting up against it not feeling quite right. Does that sound like a good starting point? That sounds like a perfect starting point. I, I really think, you know, traditional marketing advice is that you should find one person, your ideal customer avatar, or ideal client, um, ICA, you know, anything and you should really, really get very specific about that one person. Everything about their um, demographics, from you know what they look like, where they live, um, how many kids they have, if they're married, and then into their psychographics as well of how they think about things and their beliefs and their goals. And then you should focus all of your marketing as if you're talking to that one individual. And this is something I have taught. I will I fully <laughs> admit that. And it's something that I do, I do believe in to a point. Mm -hmm. But that's yeah. where we're kind of running up against some issues here. Yeah. And I think, you know, the issues that we find is yes, it's super helpful to have a specific person in mind when you're talking to them, when you're trying to sell to someone when you're trying to market to someone but in a you know fully fleshed out functioning business we may not only be selling to one person and i feel like a lot of times when we think of niching we're kind of boxing out people at different stages of their business journey at different stages of their life but also people who otherwise might not quite identify with the, you know, labels, the names that we've given them, but still have those same psychographic problems or challenges or be in a similar place. And I find personally, I, I struggle with basically putting people in boxes. Like we are all unique humans with unique experiences and we may share a lot of similarities, but ultimately labeling people and putting them in that box sometimes isn't a, the most inclusive, but also be the most helpful to actually talk to real humans on the other side of our screens, social media, DMs, even, you know, sales calls. 
So th- those are the places I'm kind of getting tripped up. And I think Olivia has that oh, kind yeah. of perspective yeah. as well. Yeah. And I actually used the phrase the other day of, I'm a real living human being. I cannot live in a box. Let me <laughs> out of the box. So yeah. I, that actually, um, I think is a really, really good point and where we have been trying to focus with our niches with the three businesses between the two of us. Um, and I think the, the traditional view of finding your ideal client, I think it has merit in the sense of, you don't want to talk to everybody. You want Mm -hmm. to know what it is you do, you know, what really are your strengths? What do you love to do? What are you passionate about? How do you help people? You know, and you have to have an understanding of what problems you're solving and really, really get in their shoes and, you know, get down in the hole with them. I like to say, feel their pain, feel what they're going through and be able to speak with them on their level and be able to help them through it, help them get out of the hole. Don't just stand at the top, lowering your arm down saying, okay, I'll pull you up from here, get down in there and really, really feel it with them. I think that makes her some really amazing marketing, helps you really connect with your audience but that's where I think the merits of that strategy stop. Because <laughs> I do think, like <laughs> you said, it's we start getting, we, we don't pay attention to the people who are in that that hole, but maybe at a different place in their journey. You know, mm-hmm. there's slightly different things they're talking to. And we do start looking at inclusivity versus exclusivity, you know, mm-hmm. and Well, let's talk about our niches a little bit, because this is kind of a hot topic and we've gone back and forth on this a bit. So do you want to? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So for my business, which is focused around website design and Squarespace and all things kind of website-y, I have had like at least four or five niches since I started. And at the moment, I'm talking to what I call life-first businesses. It's a term I've made up to talk about people who are navigating business while dealing with like real big life challenges, circumstances, basically things that mean they can't show up in their business full force 100%. They need to be in their life a lot too. So that's people with like additional needs, people who are caregiving, people caregiving for people with additional needs, which is definitely my situation at the moment. Um, So a lot of the sort of messaging I have is around that experience of someone who has low energy, time constraints, feeling like a capacity is limited. Mm -hmm. But previously I've talked to, you know, online business coaches, online business entrepreneurs, mompreneurs, birth and birth workers. Like I've really gone into those industry niches and they always felt wrong. They -hmm. always felt like they talked to someone on a surface level, but didn't really connect with the actual human experience, the people I actually really wanted to connect with. And since making this shift to the, what I call life first business kind of owner, it it's felt like it's so much clearer to really get to the core of the type of experience the people I like working with are dealing with. So that's kind of my business. Do you want to share yours? And then we'll talk about our joint business too. <laughs> yeah. Well, mine mine has also evolved, <clears throat> excuse me, through the years. It's, um, you know, when I first started out, I was more kind of in the life coachy realm and I was talking to everybody. I mean, everybody. <laughs> 
And then I started noticing a pattern with the people I was talking to. I started getting more and more clients who were entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and they were mainly females and they were mainly moms and they kept coming to me. And so my niche kind of evolved on its own. And I really, really loved talking to that audience. I really loved working with them. I really saw the merit in helping them grow their businesses around their families, kind of like what you were saying with the life first <laughs> approach. That's like very much my philosophy as well. And it's, it's um, so it kind of evolved on its own, but also because I was very passionate about working with them. So mm-hmm. I showed up, my energy was so much more prominent in my marketing when I was talking about those kinds of things so that it started to become a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Mm. Um, and so now, yeah, I'm, I'm a marketing coach. I work with moms in business and and I help them from that standpoint of that that crossroads of business and life, right? Like, how yeah. do you grow that business that takes your life into consideration that is, you know, pays attention to your priorities? And if you're home with young kids and how do you work, how do you grow this business if you're only working during nap time and, and things like that? And um, that has 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 been really, really amazing. But it's also brought up questions like, so we're speaking exclusively to mothers. Mm-hmm. And that can be a very, um, it can be a very painful topic to some people. You know, I know I went through without getting into details, I went through <laughs> my own sort of infertility struggles there for a while. And it was very, very painful for me to be around, you know, people who were talking about being a mom and mm-hmm. this is only for mothers. And it, cause I desperately wanted that and I couldn't have it at the time. And so I'm very much aware of how I am speaking to moms and I I don't want to, I don't want to hurt anyone. You know, I don't want to cause that pain to someone else who's like, well, I want to be a mom too. Why can't I do your stuff? So, um, which brings us to our niche. Yeah. So, uh, joint business, which is the like a mother movement, very much based off of this collaboration from the podcast. Um, (laughs) it it does speak to again that sort of motherhood and business intersection and how to create a business that supports and fits around your role as a mum and it's something Olivia and I talked a lot about when we were coming up with basically what the business was going to be is this feeling of yes not wanting to diminish the role that being a mother is, the specificity of that experience, particularly mums with young kids. Like it is a specific time of life and a very specific circumstance you're dealing with. But to also not exclude, like you said, people who are going through infertility, who would love to be a mother, but also people who don't identify as a mother, but have those same life circumstances. You know, there's dads, there's parents of other kinds, adoptive parents. And, you know, it's something we really struggled with and battled with and kind of still trying to wrap our heads around how to speak to the experience of running a business alongside little kids in the primary caregiver role that most of the time mums traditionally hold without discounting and excluding the people who are also primary caregivers and also experiencing that. Um, And, you know, I'm going to say 
we don't 100% have the answer. It's tricky. And we do need to use words that people understand. You know, we're all speaking now, at least English. Mm-hmm. And we need to use words that most people can comprehend, understand, latch on to, identify with. And at one point, we kind of butt up against clarity and specificity, not really wanting to work together. Like mm-hmm. we could have long drawn out sentences that explain everything we spent the last couple of minutes talking about. But if someone lands on our website, someone, you know, listens to the podcast and tries to wrap their head around like, okay, are these two women going to help me? Are they going to understand my, you know, my circumstances, my situation? An essay <laughs> about how, you know, the experience of caregiving and motherhood, but also roles like that is going to be much less clear, much less focused, and much less identifiable than just coming out and saying, mum's in business, mumpreneurs. And we're genuinely still kind of struggling with that, I don't know, disparity between wanting to be clear and concise, but also encompassing the entire experience we want to speak to and not excluding people who would otherwise really value and experience, you know, great value from being in the world and being, you know, around our stuff. Yeah. And I think where we've mostly landed in trying to balance these things was, you know, obviously this is marketing like a mother, our business Mm -hmm. is like a mother. I talk in my business a lot about mompreneurs and I will call people mama all the time, probably more than (laughs) I should. Um, But uh, we also are very, very open. I think in our marketing and in anything we offer, there's we make sure that that FAQ says, do you have to be a mom to do this? Nope, not at all. You don't have to be a woman. You don't have to be a mom. But we will talk about, you know, we are talking about these situations from the perspective of being a mom working around young kids. So it's... Um, it's more about how we're teaching the strategies and what kind of strategies we're teaching than about who we are teaching them to. If you're a busy mm-hmm. entrepreneur juggling, you know, being a caregiver to to older kids or, you know, other adults or anything like that, or just have 5 million different jobs you're working on, or you're working a day job and can only work a few hours, you know, at night when you get home, you know, all of those situations would also fit in with what we teach. I just might call you mama in the process. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think like the, the challenge I think we have and that we're trying to battle is like, we, our lived experiences are being mums. We are coming from a very real perspective of being in business as two mums dealing with little kids. And that is the space that we can, you know, really honestly speak from. Neither of us are, you know, other forms of caregivers. We don't, like you said, have older kids. We're not dealing with, you know, other circumstances. And while a lot of what we talk about could definitely apply, I personally feel kind of weird to try and claim almost a label or a niche that I don't feel like I really belong to. And I think would be better served by people who live that experience. Like I wouldn't feel okay to try and claim that, you know, this is the be all end all of how to deal with business as an adoptive parent, because I didn't adopt my son. And I would like to leave space for someone who's had that experience. So there's a bit sort of of the fine line too, of 
if you are speaking about something that is really directly related to your experience, you do want to kind of be clear about that and say it loudly and proudly, like, this is the experience I'm coming from, this is the background, and if that seems like you, if that's the type of person you want to learn from, then, you know, welcome with open arms. And if not, maybe someone else is going to be a better support, a better fit for you who's had similar life experiences to you too. Yeah, that's a really, really great point of how, you know, who you choose to work with from a coach or instructor or someone, um, it really does get very personal about your connection with them. And someone who is going through the same experience or has the same knowledge, you know, has been shaped kind of the same ways that you have been can be really, really, really impactful in how you succeed with them and how you're able to learn from them and connect with them. So that is something that does need to be taken into consideration. And yeah, and I find, sorry to cut you off. But no, I'm so fine, about it. It. Um, I do find like the further I get into embracing, you know, my life circumstances and, you know, being a mom to a kid with additional needs, I find myself being so much more compelled to learn from and work with other people who talk about that and who, you know, really have niched into that experience. Like I find it so much more compelling because I can really see myself in how they're teaching, what they're teaching, their approaches feel like they are really tailored to me versus Mm -hmm. being, you know, something broad and kind of general, I think that that's the sort of part coming back to the traditional side of niching Mm -hmm. that I think does still fit and does still resonate that specificity sells. Like people want to really find themselves and we are all so unique. We want to see something that feels as close as possible to our unique lived experience. You know, generic will never be as easy to identify with than something specific. So I see in my own purchasing behaviors, like I want to be around support, connect with people who are similar and going through similar things, maybe a step ahead so that they can kind of encourage and pull me forward in the way I want to go. But I don't know if you've noticed that too in your own sort of purchasing behavior. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's, um, you know, I, I do gravitate towards towards women in the same situation I am, you know, women with young kids who have gone through situations and know where I'm coming from. Like I said, they, they, they have been in that hole. They are down in that hole with me. They've either known how to get out of that hole. It can bring me with them or they're there and I can, we can work through getting out of the hole together. And I was, I was in this coaching program um, last year, I think. And it was this big mastermind and we were talking about niches And I said, you know, I work with moms in business with young kids. And one of the coaches said, that's not a niche. (laughs) Okay. But I don't know what I'm doing because that's who I'm working with. And, and then the other, some of the other coaches who were women, who were moms in business, um, jumped on and said, oh, that absolutely is a niche. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's the whole thing of how you look at your marketing and your business and your schedule and what kind of clients you take, what kind of offers you have, everything needs to come from that place of having those other priorities, you know, Mm. having small humans to raise and care for and nurture who don't necessarily know that, okay, mama has to go take a, an hour long zoom call right now. You need to sit and be quiet. Like (laughs) that never works very well, by the way. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) 
But it, it was very, very interesting that the male coach with not had zero experience with what I was talking about, totally discounted it as a niche. But the women who had the complete experience were like, no, absolutely. That's a very, very different way of, of teaching and going about things. And so I would be much more inclined to work with them. And I continue <laughs> to work with them. Actually, we continued the conversation and he kind of moved on to something else. But um, then I would be someone who had no idea what I'm going through, no idea mm-hmm. what it's, what it's like. And, and it would tell me that I need to be doing, you know, one-on-one calls all day or do these big, long masterminds that take forever with no kids allowed, you know? Yeah. And I think like kind of putting this all in perspective, none of us are Nike or Apple, you know, we're all small or solo run businesses. And I think it can be, it can be kind of misguided oftentimes the sort of big business marketing strategies that talk to, you know, markets and business that doesn't really make sense when you're in this smaller scale that is much more about making, you know, genuine connection with other humans. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it it can be interesting seeing, you know, multi-million, multi-billion dollar businesses and how they run things. But ultimately, we are mums and business owners that are really still in a space of kind of the old school mom and pop shop type of business. You know, this is where people want to get to know you. They want to be kind of a regular in your world. And that connection is so important to the health and well-being of your business. And I think when you figure out how to kind of speak to who you are, what you're doing, and how that applies to other people, the niche question sort of answers itself. Because even if you're not selling coaching or services, if you're selling products, I think still talking about why this, why are you doing it this way? What drove you from, you know, not having a traditional job and going out and starting this business? That story, that why, that fire behind what gets you up and does, you know, the boring parts mm-hmm. of work every day. Um, I think that's what makes those connections in this smaller business landscape that big business can't replicate. And in some ways, it's their loss because I don't feel nearly as connected to Apple or Nike as I do to some of the small businesses I choose to purchase from, either in you know online business world, but also in like local shops like the bakery down the road where they know my name or they give my kid an extra little chouquette. They're like little puff pastries here. That means so much more to me and is an emotional part of my experience of that brand and that business that a big business could never duplicate. And I think it does us a disservice to try and be big businesses when we're not. We're missing out on the magic of what a small business is by niching their way. Yeah, absolutely. I could not agree with that more. And I think we're I think we are seeing that shift, you know, of people realizing that this really personal connection that human interaction it is what makes really great marketing is what mm-hmm. makes really great sales, you know, because ultimately we are all in our businesses because we want to serve someone. We want to help mm-hmm. people. We want to be there and, and, and help make their lives better. And that's what we're doing. And when we can go about our marketing from embracing that, from mm-hmm. that viewpoint of, Hey, I know you have this problem. I'm going to get in here and help you with it. Then I I think that's the true niche right there. 
is mm-hmm. figuring out how you are helping others. Yeah. And and kind of what makes you the right fit for the right people. Mm-hmm. Like if you can summarize your sort of identity, what shows up in your world, what you find influences how you do things, whatever it is that you're doing, like what the flavoring on top is, mm-hmm. in some ways that's the niche because anyone can make a website, anyone can teach you how to set up a funnel, but how you do that and your approach and who you're excited to do that for, that's the niche. <laughs> how you call it, what you talk about, you know, the words can, can come later, but I think if you figure out that part you're on like you're on the right path you'll just find words that mean the same thing to other people but ultimately figuring out what makes you different and who you want to work with specifically like that's niching done the right way absolutely and that stuff is more than just your certificates your qualifications Mm -hmm. like that it's all of your life experiences you know it's going back to the very beginning and thinking about you know, trainings you've gone through, what you've learned, awards you've you've won, but also experiences that you've gone through that mm-hmm. you have come out better for. It's it's the hardships you've faced that you've survived and have grown through. And it's the stuff you're really proud of. It's the stuff that makes you you. It's mm-hmm. it's all of your little unique quirks and and the fact that you're a Trekkie or you like Star Wars or, you know, it, you know, whichever side of the debate you fall on there. Um, but it, it's all of those little things that make you you that is mm-hmm. going to attract your like-minded, your dreamy clients is going to attract them to you. They're going to yeah. want to learn from you. So exactly. Yeah. In some ways, that's how you talk the same language. You know, yeah. again, we're all speaking English. I refuse to do business in French. So we're all speaking <laughs> English. But the words you use, the way you think about things, the way you word them comes through the filter of your lived experience, mm-hmm. your excitement, your passion. So it's going to come through anyway. If you can just figure out what is seeping through about you and why it applies to your business, you're golden. Like that's it. Yes. It can sometimes be hard to see when you're in it. And I think that's where I personally see a lot of entrepreneurs getting stuck is it's it's hard to think of yourself and what you're doing abstractly from the outside. So I think if you are battling with, you know, the niche demon and you're trying to figure it out, I think getting a little bit of outside perspective of what like what is showing up in the way of sort of doing things, even when you're not trying, even when you're not thinking about it and having someone else kind of identify that can be super helpful too. Yeah, absolutely. So ultimately to put a big, nice bow on all of this, (laughs) our word of advice is to be yourself. Mm -hmm. As cliche as that sounds, (laughs) just be yourself. That's going to be the best marketing strategy out there because ultimately no one knows you, your strengths, your passions, your audience, who you want to work with, your business, your goals better than you do. So beautiful. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us so much this week on Marketing Like a Mother. If you found value in the show today and want to support some fellow mompreneurs, we would really appreciate a rating or even just telling a friend about the show. And we will be back next week with more marketing tips for busy moms with businesses. Until then, take care. Bye.